2: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is that you're listening or watching to this latest episode of Turfcast Podcast with me, Joe Redmond, and my good friend, Simon Townley. How are you doing, mate? You all right? I'm very well, mate. Thank you very much for joining me on this late evening. No, you're well. Uh, it is a late evening. I've been working. Uh, I work till half nine. Um, I see all the time I can squeeze it in this week um but yeah you've been up to much this
3: week mate i know you've had a few trips to the hospital all good yeah all good just uh doing a bit of a, a sprint to get some shit finished and get done got me pins off my legs which is good i had a thing taken out of my artery which is something they put in there or well, mate, long story boring and i've had my tooth done I had your tooth done what wrong with it well you, you might not have noticed joseph but uh since i had my fall i lost a tooth at the front didn't and uh, since then, I've, I've learned to smile without using my top lip, so it's like nice. <laughs> <laughs> So you're to uh, have to learn how to smile again now? This is why I've been talking to Simon Marouche so much, because he's been sorting me out with my dentist appointment. Fair enough. Shout so, out to Simon marus for sorting them Peggy's out. Look at that. Fake that. that, that that's a fang and a
2: isn't it? No, next up fang. Was well, it next up fang? Right, sorry. That's how
3: can tell. But yeah, buzzing with that. Because I had no tooth there, so for like... Months now, I've been sort of like covering my mouth all the time when I was laughing and stuff.
2: Fair enough. Fair enough. Been up to much apart from that then? No, I don't much. No fair, like <laughs> no, fair enough. We're back in isolation on this side, as, as you know. You are. Um, so that's unfortunate. Um, but it is what it is. Mrs has got COVID again. My little boy were ill, so we're adamant he had it, but they reckon kids can't get it and you can't test him anyway. But he were ill. Um, for la- for last week then he took a week off nursery then as he was getting over it towards the end of this week the missus got ill and then she took a test because she's a nurse so she has to test at home and that came back positive and the day after she took a test again a proper official test down at Blackburn Hospital that came back positive as well so we've got COVID going around the house again so um I'll make sure to give the microphone a wipe down hopefully no one's getting you know COVID in the headphones, but I don't think it works like that. But the government will probably tell you it does, to be fair. Um but yeah, it's been a it's been a mad week. Um I've just done the three days in a row, four days in a row work as well, actually. But a couple of days off now, so um so fingers crossed. But the last day I did have off was Saturday, when I did the watch along for Burnley Nil, West Brom Nil. See that brilliant segue, that brilliant yeah, segue. Um but it that was meant to be a day off a day of relax you know a day that I could chill a day that I could enjoy myself but thanks to Burnley football club I couldn't
3: because of that well, 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 let, let's just abject press it back, back a bit moment. technically it is the epitome of relaxing because you got nothing to get up for nothing to worry about it was you say nothing to worry about well, talking yeah. clear of one off land. yeah forget about that chat myself yeah but it was it, like you said there wasn't very much else other than but on Burnley's aspect, anyway, to get your heart rate raising.
2: No, uh, and we will put a disclaimer in here now, uh, normally these podcasts, and I know I say this every week, and me and Simon will probably witter on to make it an hour, to- talking shot like we always do. Um, how we get it to an hour sometimes, I have no idea. I'm sure we just talk a little bit slower on some podcasts when nothing happens, but if we get an hour out of burnley nil, West brom New, then we deserve a pro contract at Spotify. You know, the Spotify podcast because that'll be an absolute miracle. Let's go. Excuse me. So if this if this podcast is only forty-five minutes, then you know why
3: because it's it's very, very difficult to get we just skip to the review in the next match. <laughs>
2: <Just skip this laughs> yeah. A ten minute podcast there, because we don't do a big review on matches, do exactly. it next match. Preview, sorry. Um but yeah, before we do get started, as you can see at the bottom of your screen, if you're watching on YouTube, we are of course sponsored by pitch sports if you haven't already please go and download the app it is available on both android and um apple at the app store and google play should i say and uh, it's available across the world now as well, I believe. Well, it's available in Ireland anyway, and that's good enough for me. Um, so, so yeah, if you have not already, please download the app. Because, like I say, every week, it's uh, sort of like a fan hub app where you can go and chat to fans of other clubs and fans of your own club, put your opinions across, your lineups, your predictions, uh, and answer fan-time questions. Um, and there is a new one on this week from me, uh, but we'll get into that later on. But, yeah, we've mentioned it briefly. Um, but Berlin nil West Brom-Nil, Simon, go.
3: And try not to fall asleep, mate. Uh, yeah, it was a very difficult match to surmise. Um You know when Burnley have this sort of um, pattern at the minute where they, they start a game pretty shit and yeah. then the other team may be on top, they may be even winning, but then you, co- you constantly think, so we'll play better in second half because we can't play any worse. Well, this was the first time ever that we actually played worse. Um, we came out sort of... Exp- it was... I said it on the watch along and Tarky even said it after the game. It was like I'd forgotten they had 10 men. It was almost yeah. like we had 10 men at times. Uh, the hole in the defence, because we were committing forward to try and break them down, which is obviously something that we struggle with in any term, never mind when there was all of the men behind the ball. But then they, they just had that pace to deal with that counter-attack and we didn't have the pace to, to deal with uh, getting back. But... That being said, Tarky put a serious shift in, sort of like you said, clearing off the line. A couple of times he got back. There were that time where he drove, it were a one, it were 2v1 and and, and Louts were tracking to get back because obviously he'd done the overlap on the wing. Mm. he tracked to get back. Tarky realised he was on his own. So he kind of made it so the guy had to commit to which way you're going, you're going to pass it or not because he stood in the middle and drove him out wide. So that were that were a let off. Poppy took the sting off that shot. Then Tarky cleared it off the line. There's so much to talk about, but it's all West Brom related.
2: Yeah, which is not good for a Burnley podcast. Um, but what we can do is to like you say, talky put a shift in. I felt like Popey put a shift in um, as well, collecting a couple of crosses and stuff. Uh, and Lawton as well. I thought Lawton had another good game. Um, I think he's been fantastic. You know, I think he started a little bit slowly, but that's not necessarily a criticism of him. I think everybody started slowly. Um, obviously, that, that's proven by the results. Uh, the first eight games were absolutely shocking, um, but since then I think he's been brilliant. And it, and yeah, I thought I thought them three were the only three that can come out of that game with you know their head held high, really.
3: Yeah, it's it's, it's hard, isn't it? Because like J J is obviously the golden boy, and, and we all want him to do well. There's no there's no doubting about that. But I just think. Do you know that the the ball across the line again? This is the, probably the third match in a row. I've said that ball has whipped in, and another couple of inches. Jay have been on it. Yeah, but no one else is. I've not. I've not heard anyone mention it. And it's just that like them fine like, margins there are what crit- other players get criticised for. They get criticised mm. for. I'm not saying that Jay should definitely put them in, but I'm saying that we expect that from as Burnley fans from the other strike strikers, and especially the combinations that we're flitting between a minute. Other combinations would not get away as lightly and let's put it this way we're against 10 men everybody's asking for jay and vids up top or whatever and jay couldn't break them down and 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 that's the bill and end all of it bill see what i did there Uh, it was the bill and end all of it and and it's difficult because you want them players to start stepping up and saying this is my position this is my time to take the number nine or the number 10 role whatever it be that we're playing for but we're just not seeing that creativity from up top or in the middle. No, well, that was that. Was my next point. Is it Jay and Vids's fault? I mean, I know back in the
2: day, uh, and we stuck up for Barnes and Wood, Wood, especially. It was their fault. It was Jay and Woods's fault, mainly Woods, uh, Chris Woods, sorry, um, and 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 Barnes, and but now. Now that, it's, now that it's been J and Vids up top, which everyone was asking for, now all of a sudden everyone's going, oh, well, it's the midfield. Well, it's, it's been the midfield all along, hasn't it? Like, we've it not been, been creating anywhere near is enough chances as we need to be. Admittedly, there has been some chances where people have been sitters. You've just mentioned the two J ones. Again, you could argue that it probably wasn't meant to put them in. Chris Wood missed a couple um, earlier in the season when he wasn't injured. Um, So the chances are there, but nowhere near as much as they should be. So is it a problem with the entire front six or is it a problem with the midfield? What do you think?
3: Well, the defence is doing its job. Granted, it it was a bit scruffy the way we did it this week, but in in general consensus, we are actually quite solid at the back. We've got a formation back, we're doing well. uh, Tarkey, Charlie Taylor's back now, so obviously he's going to get better as we go along. But. it is the midfield but dare i say it we have no goodmanson no brady that's what that's what i'm saying dare i say it we have no Brady. we have actually very little creativity from the width when mcneil is meant to be the winger granted i've championed him to be a number 10 instead of a, a winger but he um he doesn't seem to be delivering the assists at the minute that we were craving for. like What was it? Johnny Tate said it, I think. It was about 70th minute and we were still yet to register a shot on goal. Well, we didn't register one throughout the match as well I was Yeah, that, that it ended on? Yeah, he was just yeah, brought in sure. on the 70th minute. and I thought, you know what I mean? They, they've got a good keeper and we didn't even test him. We didn't even give him a chance to, to put a good name for himself. We were saying how good he is before the game and, and during the game, but didn't even see him. No, uh, the only thing
2: we had to see him do were, were punch a few crosses, uh, and eventually um, he learned how to catch them towards the end of the game, which is what we were criticizing him yeah, for. When he realized that no uh, one's
3: actually going to challenge him anyway, so might as well catch yeah. him.
2: But it's interesting that you mentioned Dwight because let's pull no punches here. Dwight has been absolutely shocking this season. There's been a few good games, you know. I'm not a massive fan of slagging players off, especially young players. Uh, maybe we've put. Not on the podcast, anyway. (laughs)
3: Maybe
2: maybe we've put too much pressure as a club on him. Maybe we've maybe put too much pressure as a club on him, as him being like the most creative player, and uh, and that's where all our chances sort of need to come from. Um, But he has been poor this season. There's been a few good games, but you can count them on one hand. Liverpool, where he played well there. Um, I I remember rightly, yeah, uh, Palace as well. Palace away, but we we all played well there again. but um, I don't know if you follow Burnley Burnley Analytic on uh, on Twitter. Um, it's an account run by sort of like an analytic expert. I, I don't know if he calls himself an expert, someone who's into analytics, and um, he created or she I don't know if it's a a, a man or a woman to be fair uh, created a uh, lot of sort of like graphics. as they do for every game. It's a sort of like that the average position of the player uh, and the average position of the shape and, and and the average passes where they were going and. It, it, the majority of the game against West Brom, Jay was actually playing it in, in, in that number 10 role. It was playing a little bit behind uh, the front two. But I think, yeah, a lot of us have championed Dwight for it. Sorry, I meant Dwight, not Jay. Um, a lot of us have championed Dwight for it. But I think it was a wrong game to do it in. Like, they've gone down to 10 men. The, the best the best thing to do would to, would be to get the ball out, out wide and stretch them. So is, is that sort of like, uh, yeah, well, I was going to say, is it sort of like, Tactical failings from Dyche. I don't know if that's a no, correct term to use it. or what, but um, it, or, or is it or is it just just why it was naturally coming in or, or, or what? But it's interesting that you're, a lot of us wanted it and he did it there for West Brom and and he, and he looked poor.
3: Well, this is my point. you See, so I'm championing for number ten. I still think he's a he's a brilliant number ten for us. Someone there that creativity in the middle to to drive the ball either side rather than just being committed to one side because teams just isolate him and then and then he's struggling. Yeah. But because what my point was, because we didn't have the wide men of Brady and Gunnarsson, there was literally just one focal point. It was, you stop Dwight from being able to play the ball through and you stop any sort of shot. You know, we were we were delivering. We didn't even get to deliver crosses as much as we usually do. You know what I mean? There were no like Westy weren't dropping back and, and whipping him in because he we, we were that determined. Of, We've got 10 men against us now. We need to get in. And with Dwight, I do think he should play in that position. But if you're asking me if it's a defensive, uh, sorry, an attacking uh, mistake by a Dash, I, I don't even think he'll have had all to do with it. I think that's naturally what Jay would have done in the game because he was always left at the beginning. And then I think he just drifts in because he wants the ball. He's demanding the ball, but he's not getting it. So he's having to come in and surround it.
2: Yeah, fair enough then. Well, let's talk about Mumbongo as well. Now, again, I don't want to criticise, I don't want to, because it's another attacking option, obviously. That's why. That's the clearly the, the segue there. Um, because everyone keeps saying that, you know, it should have been Jay, that everyone started saying like shit it should be Vids. And now, now that has at worst as well. They was like, get one, bongo on. But that's that just seems to be another option that, that isn't working. And again, he is only young. I don't think he should be anywhere near the first team. I think the board have sort of like, not failed him, but he should be on loan at a, a championship club or, or a League One club, getting experience. He shouldn't be on a, on a Premier League bench and coming on for 10 minutes here and not getting a sniff in a game. That's where he should be, and if we had some depth, he probably would be out on loan at, at, at another club. But another game where Mbongo come on, and again, it does look fast. But it, so far, it does look like that all—that all, excuse me—that's all he has. But uh, again, it, ten, fifteen minutes, whatever it where, he's not really much chance of getting to get into the game, is there?
3: I don't. Yeah, like this game. There's two parts to this answer, right? initially there is no reason for that kind of player to get into the west brom game granted you know we haven't got any other options so throw him in that's fine but yes. my point is he's the kind of player that you want running in behind teams he's not the player that you want to get the ball and have to run yes. through two or three players just from his physique we haven't seen enough of him to even judge him yet but just from his physique and what little i have seen of him his ball control is something to be questioned at the minute i'm not gonna lie he reminds me of uh, acting by his trampoline foot but uh, he is similar sort of play to sort of like your Andre, where you want to run him down the channels, you want the ball in and you want him to power through and and keep hold of the ball for you. But West Brom sat in their box defensively, so he ain't going to get that opportunity. The second part of that, um, the answer of Mbongo, is you are, you are bang on, mate. He shouldn't be necessarily playing these games. But what I do like about him is... The sort of gratitude, looking from his social media, I've never met the guy, uh, but looking from his social media channels, is the gratitude he has towards playing. Now, you do want your players to be buzzing and getting on there and showing that they are grateful to doing it. But like you said, he's been hung out to dry a little bit because he probably needs a little bit more in the Championship.
2: Yeah, he needs more experience, definitely. Um, Two big decisions in uh, the game, one that went our way, one that didn't um let's discuss them then Um uh, simply because we've we've done the game pretty much now <laughs> that's, that's all there is to say um but the first one Amball, red card thomas i can't remember it were <laughs> private joke uh red card uh, i can't remember the player that got sent off off the top of my head was um but we all know the decision it falls to vidrio he tries to flick it around him uh hits the guy's arm uh, and then he gets he gets sent off there are a few mixed a lot of Burnley fans are saying red. I think it's a red. He's the last man. Um, a lot of mixed people on, new, on on the neutral side of things. I think one of the commentators was it Jamie Redknapp. I, I can't remember on uh, on a different game where they sort of like wrapping it up. Uh, said if that's a red card, I might as well give up. We might as well, I might give up now. But he's it, it, the last man, and he stops him getting clean through on goal. Whether it's intentional or not, intent has now been taken out of the game. So it, I don't see what the argument is. here. It's a red
3: card. It's difficult for the defender in his defence to do anything else in that situation. He's running towards the ball. He knows he has to stop the ball. And it's not that he's gone to stop it intentionally with his hand, but if he does not stop that ball with his hand, then Vidro is through for a one-on-one, which defies a goal-scoring opportunity. Exactly. And and if he doesn't have that opportunity because of a handball, then what is the referee's decision? It, it, it has to be a red. There's no doubt about it for me. But... I understand what Jamie's saying. It's an unintentional handball. But are you, there's no chance in this world that nine out of 10 of the handballs I see that are given penalties for, the players thought, I'll touch this with my hand because I might get away with it. None of them have thought that. They've just jumped yeah. with in an unnatural position as it's defined in the rule book. And they have jumped and it has hit their hands. Now, all of them would say, I wish I'd have put my hands down now because none of them meant to hit their hands. So you can't argue the toss of if that's handball, then I give up because none of them... Intentionally, my man, would, 9 out of 10 of them anyway, would intentionally go to handball that ball uh, in that scenario. Fast forward to the next part of your question, which you're going to ask in a second, I imagine. Well, yeah, but what I will say is that the intent part of it, as I said, it's irrelevant
2: these days, isn't it? Like, Jamie can say that until he's blue in the face. It, yeah. it, the intent has been taken out of the game. is whether or not your
3: arm's in an unnatural position. And if that arm then stops a the goal-scoring fair, opportunity or whatever. But it stopped a goal-scoring opportunity is my argument. Yeah. I think the running motion is quite natural for when I watched it back three or four times. But then the argument now is the next one that is it. Yeah, event? well the next
2: one who was it? Kyle Bartley. I think this one was. It's weird that I remember that one, but not the other one. Um again, I can't remember which burn, but it was pulled towards goal. Um, and Bartley's got his arm away from his body this time. He isn't running. He's stood still. I think he's jockeying in position a little bit, but now his arms extend. His arm even moves towards the ball, and if both arms are moving towards the ball, you could argue we're trying to get his balance or whatever, but it's the fact that the one arm goes towards the ball. Admittedly, again, I don't think he's done it intentionally. I just think his body's done it naturally to hit it, but they're exactly the same. If anything, I think that one's more of a handball than the other one. It should have been a penalty, but... I'm not going to sit here and say that's why we didn't win the game because we didn't win the game because we were absolutely shite. So I'm not going to sit here and
3: and just say, oh, we should have won the game because of the pen, but we should have had a penalty. We do very well on this podcast to not bring VAR into every single week. When I listen- We used to when it first started, didn't we? Yeah. I remember we did- saying, shit house that week, VAR again, I'm sick of it. And that was um, like, yeah. season one, though, were not it? And then now yeah. we're in season two. We we barely mention it, and we do well not to. When you listen to other channels and you listen to talk sports and like and it's a common theme every single day. But for once, I don't understand it again. In, in for once, sorry, but well, for a few times. But we have to discuss this one because the referee got to told. Go and look at this. It's a red card. The referee had not stopped the game on the red card offense. He had not stopped yeah. the game. VAR said, "You know what? You might want to look at this." But so the VAR have made the decision that that's a red card in their eyes. Referee, go and have a look at it. He's confirmed. Actually, yeah, go on, red car. Perfect play. Perfect VAR play. Referee can't be expected to see everything, but he can be expected to deal with what he can see. And the VAR is a, is an option to deal with it. The second part of the, this one, when the hand balls hit him, it's unnatural. Because his arms out in a penalty area, he's not running yeah. like we got, where it's just a constant pattern of running and it's hit his hand. These guys stood there thinking, making themselves as big as possible. He's hit his hand. It's a storm wall penalty. VAR, don't even look at it. Now, whose fault is that? Is that the referee's fault for not seeing it first hand, or is that? Oh, should we? Yeah, it's it? a mixture of all for me. Whoever it was at Stockley
2: Park should have seen it. Mike Dean should have seen it. it, it I, I don't know if Mike Dean's view was obstructed or anything, but. Yeah. It, it, it was that obvious when we saw it. I, I remember I shouted and ball on the watch along. It, yeah. but it, I don't understand. It's exactly exactly it's the same hilarious. as the other one. How
3: could it, More so of an and ball than the other one. I don't know how you can give one and not the other. Vidra reacted in, uh, on the first instance of the red card. He reacted. I didn't see many others react as much as Vidra did anyway. Not, none of them did. And then the corner one, well, it's not corner, but when he's crossed it in, sorry, and it's hit him and it's hit Bartley. Everyone reacted to that. Everyone thought, "This is it. We've got it. We've got the penalty. We've got the breakthrough," and myself included. So, how he's not been looked at is my question. I'm not saying it's, it's, you know, fair enough. If you decide that that watching it back, one's a red and one's not, but how can you not give the referee the tools to do his job in that game? You've done it once, so why not continue that trend? Matt Dean gets a lot of shit and and, and unnecessary shit on Twitter with death threats and shout and all that like, which is ridiculous, but. He, he was given an option, and then the option was taken away from him on the second one. I don't understand it, and that's VAR's fault.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. We should have had a penalty for me, but I'm not going to use it as an excuse. We didn't win the game um, because we were shite, basically, not because we didn't get that penalty. Um, but I know you mentioned it briefly. Um, you've said that um, sort of like said at the end of the game, he wasn't happy with performance. And I just want to highlight that and talk about what he said, because <clears throat> I did tweet it out. Uh, He said, after the match, uh, "'That's the worst I have seen us play in a while. You would have uh, thought that it was us that had 10 men, so we take the point at the end of the day. Uh, We have a very thin squad at the moment, but that is no excuse.' The amount of times we gave the ball away we were just not good enough so normally Daesh especially I mean I know it's his job and it protects the players so I'm not criticising him for it but Dash especially comes out and thinks of an excuse and uh, you know he'll just throw it out there generic Dash excuse he's got a few of them um, but it was good to see because Dash did criticise the player but he also protected it at the same time and say look I've asked a lot of these players but they weren't good enough but it's good to see him and Torke both come out and, and criticise uh, the performance because they need, they need to be aware that that wasn't good enough and I, even though they're obviously the humans they'll have opinions and stuff I know that sometimes they hide behind their answers but it's good to it's see that yet. this time that they weren't hiding behind their answers they were saying how
3: they really felt No yeah it's refreshing and it's exciting to see it because you think right well come on then they've acknowledged it now it's about how, do you, how are you going to deal with it how are we going to bounce back from this because yeah it was a piss poor performance but I'm not expecting Berlin to put 38 shifts in that of top quality performance it's not it, even City had a f- shit start to the season but yeah. acknowledgement is all most fans would ask for. If you said to me, "Listen, we've been shit. We're getting relegated," and the fans and the managers come out and the players come out and said, "We've been shit. We've done this. We should have done this. <coughs> move forward from it," you will shut a lot of haters up. But let's see what happens. And you know what? He showed a real leadership quality there in the captain's role. With, I know he's been getting the band of uh, when Ben mee has been out, but he's uh, he showed a real leadership there.
2: Yeah, definitely. It's good to see. Um, what we'll do now, we'll go to the fan reaction. I think it's um, we've done amazing to get to 20 minutes talking about that game. Uh, honestly, I really do. I think I think there wasn't 20 minutes worth of action in there, um, let, let alone 20 minutes worth of, uh, of stuff to talk about. So uh, what we're going to do now is we're going to go to the fan reaction. And of course, we ask for this every single week. Um, it's a fan reaction where I ask you, the listeners, to send me your reactions to uh, the game. <clears throat> and here's what the fans Thoughts of the
1: West Brom home draw. Is it a good morning, Martin? Uh, judging by your nose attire, I'd say not. What was all that about? Oh my god! I <laughs> <laughs> just. I'm glad. I'm glad that you had some Glenn Fiddick in the house because oh. that has that has taken the edge off what was a, a dreadful, oh. dreadful 90 minutes of football. We had oh. just. I'm struggling to process that game and how bad that was Uh, just just I'm lost for words. (laughs) I'm lost for words as well. Can can we go
4: to the... I'm uh... I'm trying to think of some bright spots Uh, Oh, oh, no, the best one Uh, that the what was his name the uh, riff? Mike Mike Dean. Yeah, he blew the whistle. At the end, that was good. Yeah,
1: oh, thank God. That was brilliant.
4: Yeah, I thought the way he blew the whistle was brilliant.
1: Yeah, yeah. well, drink to my Dean uh, for that one, for putting uh, us all out of our misery. And to be, on, to be honest, actually, Pope had a good game. Pope had a good no game. No silliness there. Uh, Taki was okay. Yeah, but, my uh, oh God, we, we couldn't pass water. We couldn't pass water. Martin, if any of those players had gone into um, a Bangkok brothel with a crisp $100 note stapled to their ends, they still couldn't score. We come out with two hundred dollars on their dick. <laughs> we just never looked like scoring. Oh, we, um, we the passing was atrocious. Uh, it was like they never played together. Oh, was there invisible. was balls going out. There was balls being hit long. They were they were like hitting it to each other and then not. It was just it was just a shambles from start yeah. to finish. Uh, I mean, anyway, do, with that low point, <laughs> we got a point, which I'm quite grateful for and it took
4: two points I mean West Brom should have won it and we took two points away from them so we kept the gap between us and them the same
1: uh yeah it looks like Fulham are going to win though so Fulham are going to close the gap um Newcastle look like they're in trouble so thankfully you know they're going to hopefully but it looks like it could be a battle between Newcastle and Fulham for that last place um I know I think Fulham will stay up
4: uh actually we'll make work their way out of it and that'll be uh, one, you know, one of the next five or six uh, that will uh, end up joining uh, West Brom and uh, Sheffield United.
1: That's my pick. We need some more whiskey, mate.
4: Yeah. All right Anyway, uh, anyway, anyway, the guys get a week off now, so uh, You know, we heard from the manager and the excuses were that they're tired and all this kind of stuff No mental sharpness, so there shouldn't be any excuses next week.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, let's put that one let's forget about
5: that one and move on <laughs> yeah alright up, up the to Clarets bye mate bye evening Clarets uh, West Brom post match um, how to react to that my god I wasn't going to do one because I'm not really sure how you react to something with very little happened abysmal performance um, result it's not the end of the world you know it's still a point looking at it positively which I tried to do um, but it should have been six points over the last two games, especially coming off the back of the uh, Palace away. You know, I thought that was going to have the same impact that Leicester did last year where, you know, uh, beat them and go on a good run um, to the end of the season. And certainly the performance at Palace suggested that and then Fulham was a bit of a regression from that and then today has been a further regression from that. Um, that's what's worrying for me is the performances seem to be going backwards a little bit. Um and I get it because, I mean, if anything, that bench showed how weak and threadbare the squad is. We already knew that, but it sort of um, pointed out to us, didn't it? Really. Um, so what can Dash do with that? You know, he's got no. There's no one on the bench can come on and make a positive impact on the game. Um, can't change the system. Not that he ever does, but he couldn't do it anyway. I mean, I think everyone could predict that starting eleven um, every week. We know who it's going to be. Um, Barnes has got injured on top of that Goodmanson, Brady you know um so we have got these injuries and I haven't seen any any post-match from uh, from Dyche but I know he's going to say something like tiredness number of games thin squad it's all true but as a club so it's not just his fault but as a club this shouldn't have been addressed it should have been identified early that the squad is thin and it should have been dealt with and it hasn't been which is obviously for me the cause of this um, I just hope it's not a mid-season slump I hope that this uh, regression gets dealt with And nipped in the bud I don't think we're in danger of going down um, But for me it's a bit concerning Because West Brom looks like They were the ones that weren't in the relegation zones And we were um, And it shouldn't have been that way um, So hopefully this regression can be addressed Before it becomes an issue Because it could be um, and we come out fighting over the next few weeks because uh, it's been a bit poor last two games. Um, two points from from two easily winnable matches for me. Um, not quite good enough.
6: Hi folks. Well, what can we say about the West Brom game? Absolutely awful. Worst performance all season. We'll never play worse, you know. I appreciate the conditions were shocking, and we were up against a team that defend well and stuff and well organised. But we, the, some of our passing was atrocious. Um, we have got a long injury list, and that's got to be taken into consideration. Uh, we've just got to pick ourselves up and go for the Tottenham. <laughs> now nice. it's going to be it's going to be a battle but we've um, just got to give it our best shot and hope for the best, but I think we're looking of over our shoulder a bit now, we've fallen on the march a bit so we need to keep picking up points. Uh, thought we defended quite well but our passing was atrocious, it's something we need to work on in training and stuff. Um, but yeah I think it was a case of well, you know, too many games it's caught with a lot of them a lot of injuries not making excuses but it's just what it is it's just we've just got to go again for the next game um, see what happens um, but uh, you know just just need to sh- show more composure in the ball um, I do think we should have had a penalty uh, you know because if Gave, you know, it's the same rules as the red card that was given his arm was out, it was the same with that penalty so for me that was a penalty so yeah we were unlucky in that sense but on the balance of the game you could argue we were lucky to get a point because West Brom had the better chances we we'll go again and let's, let's hope for a better result next time, thanks guys see you <laughs>
0: It's a penalty. That's exactly what he did. Well, well, well to be fair today, Var didn't even pick it up. What the fuck are they doing there, with their feet up, having a brew, not fucking watching game? Jesus Christ! What's the point of bloody Var if you're not gonna f- fucking fire penalties like that? Oh, but ah, oh, you know, we shouldn't have needed that anyway. With bloody, you know, we're against ten men, but you know, I suppose. That will say that, won't it? Oh, it's hard, isn't it, when they get ten men and they park more salt, men behind ball, But that's no excuse for them having all best chances at game. They could have had two or three. Three, one hour goal. Unbelievable. whoa oh, I'm, I'm fucking fuming. I'm fucking fuming. I need a big drink after that. <sighs> but hopefully we've got enough in bank. What do we need now, like? Point a game or something, isn't it? we get a point, point to game to end the season. We're safe. And we've been averaging that just about up until now. So, fingers crossed. We'll be right, hopefully. Well, they don't make it fucking easy for us, does they? Ah, drive me to Piggy Bottle, they you? What the hell? <sighs> All right, Clarence. I'm going to have to go for a fucking penny and a now and calm the fuck down. Shh. <sighs> Take care of yourselves. ta du, du, du. football
2: So that was the fan reaction um thanks again to everybody for sending their reactions in and as usual if you want to get involved you can we're always looking for more people to get involved especially now that kieran has uh, started doing watch along so we've lost somebody for the fan reaction uh, and neil does watch alongs every now and then as well um so if neil gets back on the watch alongs then we could be screwed um so if you want to send some uh, some fan reactions in please do we're always looking for more people um to get in involved now what i want to do is what I usually do at this point, to be fair, is talk about my fan time question from Pitch Sport. Because this week um, I've uploaded one uh, and it's ready. It's ready there now. So if you want to pause the podcast, go over to Pitch Sport uh, and, and answer the question. We will read them out on next week's podcast. So I'm going to try and get it again because now there's not some games. In fact, I think there is next week, isn't there? I think we're playing Leicester on Wednesday. So I'm talking shit. I like to get the fan time question in on Wednesday so that I can promote it on the podcast on Wednesday night, then you lot can all answer it on Thursday. Then I can go back to it next week and keep the cycle going. Uh, but recently, they've been a little bit all over the place because there's been some games on Wednesday and stuff like that. So it seems a bit silly to, to send a question in before a game um, for then uh, something different to happen in the game. And then you know there could be a really big talking point in that game. So... That's what I want to do, uh, but then I think Leicester next week is Wednesday, so I probably won't send it till it's what. Sorry, six pm Wednesday. Yeah, so I probably won't send send next week's till about Thursday. Um, but we, we might even do the podcast next week on um, Tuesday and uh, put it out Wednesday. But as usual, if, we might not. Just follow us on social media, and, I, and I'll put the link out as and when as and when we uh, we do we do put it out. But this week. Uh, the question is up, as I've said. And this week, I'll ask Simon the question now to get his um, natural... He's on his falls. So I reckon he's he's quickly no, trying to find out what the question is. is. Um, because he don't like it when I throw him under the bus. But I, th- I like the natural answer. Um, so my question <laughs> this week is, are you happy with Burnley's points tally from their last three games? Of course, the Crystal Palace game won, so that's three points. Full game, drew So that's four points. West Brom game, Drew, that's five points. Now, the argument here could be, well, we didn't lose any of the games and we didn't lose against the sides that are uh, around us. So none of them have caught any ground on us, really. Uh, Well, they have because Fulham ended up beating Sheffield United. Um, But against us, they haven't. Uh, So we have kept them at bay a little bit, especially West Brom. Uh, But of course, we haven't pulled away either. So um, I could see the argument for both here. But Simon, are you happy or disappointed or middling um, with the points from the last three games? I'm going
3: to say I'm happy with it. And the reason for that is because... Very interesting. The the reason for that is because if you'd have asked me them three games prior to it, I know we had a couple of results, don't get me wrong, but, you know, overall, I'd have thought I want two home wins and i took a Crystal Palace defeat, which is only one point more than what we've come out with. Now, it was ugly. It wasn't exciting um, for the the two home games, but we got the magnitude of the away win prior to that was actually really impressive. And I think, ultimately, I would have definitely said to you, I want six points from them three games. Um, yeah. Wouldn't have expected a win at Palace, maybe seven if I'm pushing it, but I definitely expected six, and we've got five. So, yeah, I'm overall, I'm quite happy with that. Yeah,
2: see, I, I agree with you in a sense of I'm not. I won't say I'm happy with it. I've, before I put that out there, now I'm disappointed with it. But I agree with you in the fact that I wanted minimum six points. We didn't achieve that. So in my head, we, we haven't achieved what we what we what we sent what we went out to do. Um, so uh, I'm happy that we haven't lost any of them, of course. But we, we should we should have minimum six points for me. What's that confused face for? I've got a flashback of some conversation where you said. I said get- we will win all three or all six. Yeah, I remember saying that we will win all three games.
3: But I and if I, we, won, I had a talk get relegated. Is your words? No, I said if I, If what did I say? If I. I'm sure you said if we don't get six points or whatever points you said, we'll get relegated. We need to go back and watch it. Listen to that episode.
2: We can do. I don't think I said relegated. Um, but I, 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 I remember saying we will win. All, I said we. I, I think my prediction was we will win all three. And especially when we beat Palace, I was confident that was going to come true. But then we, we, after the sublime, we went to the ridiculous and put in the shit performances against the teams where you would have thought we'd have been been better against. But we weren't. We weren't good enough against them. Um, but at least we didn't lose them, especially the Fulham game, because Fulham, especially now, we are breathing down our necks. But I I think six points was a minimum and we, and we didn't
3: get that. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I've, I've, I've happy with five. Wanted six, expected six almost. Um, but... Regular listeners, regular watchers, viewers, whatever we want to call you, or whatever platform you're listening on. Fans. If remember, if fans, yeah, that'll do. Uh, Tef Castians. If you remember uh, what what he said, put it in the comments below or send me a DM because I'm adamant he said we would get relegated or something really dramatic.
2: I might have done, I might have done it for effect. <laughs> I, can't remember. I, might, I might have gone full Adrian Durham. Um, so basically yeah. I turned into a wanker. Um but uh yeah well that's it. Like I said, the family action, family action, the pitch sport question, the fan time, um is on the pitch sport app now. If you haven't already, please go and download it. Simon's doing a wonderful modeling job now. It's available on the app store and the Google Play Store. Um, right, next up then, and we'll have a quick brief chat here about the Tottenham game before we wrap it all up. Um, it is of course Tottenham this Sunday.
3: Um, first things first, are you busy or are you free for a watch along? I think I'm free, yeah. Um I don't think I've got anything on. I'll let you know if there's changes. Or...
2: Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, so that's good news. Well, the watch-along's on anyway because I'm not working. I'll, I'll do it on my own if I have to. Um, uh, so the watch-along will be on. So if you're a watch-along fan, please come over to the watch-along at, at five minutes before kickoff, whatever the kickoff time is, on Sunday against Spurs. Now, Spurs reaction in action tonight. Uh, all right, they're in action against a bunch of dinner ladies, uh, Wolfsburg or AC. Um, and I think they won quite comfortably. But they'll have been focusing on that game all week. And I know we say this a lot, and a lot of times, especially when they're at home, uh, it doesn't really have too much of an effect on them. But it, we haven't played since Saturday. They played at the time of recording this
3: tonight, so Wednesday. So it's has got to have a bit of an effect on them, hasn't it? Yeah, massively, mate. I'm just looking now. Um, Joe El uh, Alderbaro, Ben Davies, Eric Dier, Doherty, Sissoko, Lamella, Ali. Ali, by the way, one goal, two assists, start of the game.
2: Fair enough, fair play. Hopefully yeah. they'll play against us then.
3: Uh, Bergwijn, Winks and Vinicius. Um, yeah, so
2: they, they've made a lot of changes, to be fair, but I all week they'll have been preparing, preparing for that game. What's that?
3: Gareth Bale didn't even start. He'd come off bench, scored as well. It's
2: because, he, it's because he played so well last week, isn't it? So I think, I think, I remember seeing that at work today. I think what's happened there is Jose's thought he's played really well in his last game he deserves a start now, but I think he's going to start him in the Premier League rather than the Europa League, so he'll probably start against us. Yeah, probably.
3: Um, so, looking at the team they've played, relatively strong. Yeah, a few changes in there, but there is definitely some first team in there. They've they put a shift in. They've won 8-1 on aggregate, 4-0 on the night. Um, does that have a mental effect? How many times in history, not just in this current season where we're playing back-to-back games anyway, how many times do you hear as do, big clubs Go to Europa on Thursday and lose on Sunday. It's not unseen. It's not unheard of. It's quite common back in the day. Um, Possibly even better in our favour now um, because of the midweek game, the lack of uh, rest that they have all season, never mind just now. Um, And we have, for once, had a big, decent week of uh, no footy. So, does it have an impact? I think it will, yeah. But hopefully, it's enough of an impact to get a result.
2: Yeah. See, I, I'm. I'll be honest. I'm not harbouring any hopes of re, of a result here. I think I know Tottenham have been out of form. So a few people will look at it and say like we're being uh, negative and stuff. But I think I think the fact that the fact that Tottenham have been so out of form will we'll work in our uh, not in our favour. Sorry, I think. It's a perfect chance that for them. They'll see it as a perfect chance to sort of like get the swagger back, to get a win, um, you know, to, to, to get points on the board again, and, and to get back doing playing how they want. So I, I'm not really harboring any
3: hopes for this, and, and I think it could be a bit of a tough afternoon. Yeah, massively tough afternoon. Let's put it this way, mate. Even if they start what is their reserves, that's Gareth Bale, mate, and and with, he's on loan from Madrid. And, and granted, he's not having the whirlwind approach to the second spell at Tottenham that everyone expected, but he is quality and I don't think he's been played in the right games and if you ask me, if I'm a Spurs fan I don't even think Burnley's the right game for him, he needs to be playing where he can get in behind and run at people and you're not, not necessarily going to get that many opportunities to do that against a club like us that sit back so can we handle Bale possibly, yeah I think we can but he's uh, he's still not to be taken lightly and they've got Kane on Son and that's if Bale plays mate because they're, they're, they're big fans of uh, Lucas at the minute aren't they, More.
2: Exactly, they've just got so many options at the minute and a lot of them haven't played tonight against you know, the Dinner Ladies Wolfsburger. So um, there could be a lot of fresh legs uh, for Spurs on Sunday and, and a big chance, like I said, that they'll see um, to 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 get their form back. But anyway, we'll wrap it up with some predictions. What are you thinking for, for Sunday?
3: I know you don't like predicting a defeat after everything you've just said. No, uh, I'm going to go for 1-0 to the Clarets and we're going to nick a goal and hold on. Hopefully Chris Wood's back in the brain as well. <laughs>
2: Well, fingers crossed because um, not much has been said about his injury, and I'm sort of like getting a bit worried about that now. This is again, this is nothing that we know um, or nothing that I, we've been told. I, what I, what I, I, I notice a pattern with Dish and If he doesn't talk about an injury in the press, it tends to mean that it's quite bad um, or, or, or you know, it's longer than we originally thought. Yeah. Um, and I seem to remember when he first got injured, he went, oh, you know, it's you know, a couple of weeks. It's just a knock. And it's, it's been about a month, I think, already. So he's already over that. And we're still not hearing anything about him. The press conference is tomorrow or today, if you listen to this on Thursday. So fingers crossed. Well, it usually is. With the game being on Sunday, they might push it to Friday, to be fair. But the press conference hasn't been on yet. So fingers crossed, Borden or James or, or, or whatever um, asks um, Jones as well. Uh, I was thinking of Andy Jones then. Sorry, Andy. Yeah. Um, asks about Chris Wood, because if you're listening, I know Alex listens to the podcast, so Alex, if you're listening, ask him about Chris Wood, mate. We need an update on Chris Wood. Will Chris Wood be back uh, for the game at Spurs? He likes a goal against Spurs, does Chris Wood. Um, But my prediction, again, I don't want to do sort of like good cop, bad cop, but uh, Simon thinks we're going to get beat. You just do not say it. I think we're going to get beat, and and I'm going to say it. I think think 2-0 Spurs are sort of like... Comfortable, run of the mill win for them. I think they'll they'll come at us, try and get an early goal. Whether they get one or not, if they get one, the floodgates could open again as it as it did a few years ago, um, a couple of years ago actually. It tends to it's opened quite a few times uh, at Spurs to be fair. And, um, but I, I, no, I'm going two nil Spurs. I'm going two 0 Spurs. I am going 2 0 spurs i do not think I'd, we've got no creativity. If we have Chris Wood back, we'd have a chance on set pieces. Um, but we'd have to keep it tight. And we are capable of keeping it tight, don't get me wrong, but we're not capable of creating anything. So we need Chris back to have a chance at set pieces because with with Mumbongo, because I've heard that Jay could be injured. That's just a rumour on Twitter. I've not seen any, any anyone report it. But that is just a rumor on Twitter that Jake could be injured, so it could even be Mumbongo and Vidra up front. And if that's the case, then we might as well pack up and go home now because we're not gonna we're not gonna create anything because we don't create anything through the midfield, and we're not gonna do anything we set pieces. Uh, fingers crossed! I'm a bit more positive on Sunday on the watch along though because that were pretty negative. But after the performance against West Brom, uh, what can you expect? Uh, what can you expect from me? Uh, but that's it then. Unless there's anything you want to add, Simon. No, thank you very much. You know, let's say let's review it next week and see what we get. Yeah, fingers crossed. We will be back next week, whether we release it Thursday morning or Wednesday morning, it is remains to be seen. Um, what I will do, if you're watching on YouTube, you can now see all our social media's at the bottom. Uh, so, if you do want to keep up to date when the latest podcast is being released, just follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or of course YouTube, and everything will be on there as well. Got a question. For me or for the listeners? For you. Go on. you have got a
3: scar sorted. It's coming. It meant to come on
2: Tuesday. It <laughs> went. No, it went to come on Tuesday. But I'm not. I'll, I'll tell you off air. It couldn't come on Tuesday for a very specific reason. I don't want to release personal details of the aerial man because it were a family situation. Uh, so he couldn't. He couldn't come on Tuesday. But he said he's rearranged it um, for Friday. So whether he comes on Friday, I don't know. Fingers crossed. Um, you'll know. You'll. You'll know. You'll know because I'll I'll send you a picture of this Gardish. Can't wait. But um, but yeah, fingers crossed. I have it for the watch along on Sunday. If not, we'll just do it with our perfectly legal streaming device. Um, and yeah, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening, slash watching, and we'll see you another time.